This is the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast. This is a podcast for change catalysts, those that believe we can change the world and that the way things are isn't the way they have to be. Through this podcast, I share tools, tips, and inspiring stories for breaking through limitations, creating meaningful change, and embracing and trusting in your deepest truth. I'm Julian Crossenhill, certified spiritual life coach, human design specialist, and founder of Priest of Unana. I help spiritually-minded professionals discover and embrace a life of possibility, freedom, meaning, and impact. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to this episode of Answer Your Unique Calling. I'm your host, Certified Spiritual Life and Business Coach, Julian Crossenhill. Today, today I want to talk about a subject that I've talked about a lot and which is actually an area where I specialize my coaching in, and that is unique calling, spiritual calling, life purpose, soul mission, whatever your word for it is, we're really all talking about the same thing. And that is, what is our spiritual calling? What is our purpose? Why are we here? And what are we meant to do? And I think that sometimes we see this in very absolute ways. And that's kind of a problem for us because we believe that there's this one overarching thing that when we figure out what it is and we start doing it, everything else is just going to fall into place. And that it's this big mystery that we have to somehow solve. And I think that that's the wrong view. So I use human design in my work, and I like to take bring some human design into this because I think there's something there that I want to explore. And that is, in human design, the magnetic monopole, which is sort of our higher self, our soul, we can think of it as that way. It's, it's the driver of our car, and it is what pulls experiences and opportunities and people to us. And it resides in our G center, the center just below the throat. And the G center is also called the identity center because this center deals with our identity, who we are at a core level and our direction, where are we going? What is our purpose? What is our soul mission, our calling, what what have you? And if your G-Center is defined, you have a very consistent view, very consistent access to that identity. Your identity is very consistent, probably doesn't change a lot. You're not one person based on this group of people and another person when you're with that group of people. You tend to have a very consistent view of your identity. You also tend to have a very consistent view of your purpose, of your direction in life and your soul mission calling, what it, what have you. However, if you have an open G-Center, people with an open or undefined G-Center often don't have a consistent view of who they are, what their identity is. They can be a little bit like a chameleon. They sort of blend in with whoever they're with, particularly if they haven't deconditioned. The other aspect of that is people with an open or undefined G-Center never truly know 
what their purpose is. They never really know what their sole mission is. There's no consistency there. And so they may have an inkling of a direction or not, but it's going to be very inconsistent for them. And so part of the challenge of having an open or undefined G-Center is really in getting into that deconditioned state where you can be less influenced by other people and allow that inconsistent view of your own purpose and direction and identity to sort of guide you using your strategy and your authority. But what if the people with the undefined or open G-Center are actually the ones who are doing it right? My own view on this has really evolved. And at one time, I really believed that every one of us had this one thing that we were meant to do. And it was our sole mission. It was what we came here to do. And I no longer really feel that that's the case. And let me explain why. First of all, the idea of a set mission, a set purpose when we come here, really negates a lot of the aspects of our free will. And yeah, I know there's people who say they're soul contracts and we our soul decided that before we came here. But still, there's this idea of free will and we have choices. And of course, we always have the choice to not fulfill that soul mission. But what if, rather than an overarching big thing, our purpose, our soul mission was more of a theme or an intention? Because I've talked a lot about expectation and the way that expectation sets us up for all kinds of problems, because we decide that everything has to look the way we expect, that it has to unfold the way we expect. We place these parameters on it and then when that doesn't happen, when our spiritual business doesn't flourish, when we struggle in our spiritual business, when we struggle with doing the thing that we feel is our calling and we find it difficult or we're not successful at it, we set ourselves up for a lot of disappointment, for a crisis of faith. Why did God, goddess, the all that is, guide me to this if it wasn't meant to be, if I wasn't good at it, if I wasn't going to be successful? We can really set ourselves up for a lot of that. And expectations, of course, are the E and the EBFJs, the expectations, blame, fear, and judgments, which often hold us back from experiencing the fullness of our life. Expectation also limits the intelligent universe. It limits God and goddess and all that is in many ways, because when we allow it to be more of an intention, when we allow it to be more open-ended, things can unfold in ways that maybe we didn't expect, that our limited thinking didn't allow us to see. We're open to more possibility. So if we allow our spiritual calling, soul mission, life purpose, whatever you want to call it, to be more of open, then what we experience in life is instead of one big thing that's this really pressing thing that we've got to unravel and go and do despite whatever the odds are, we can experience our purpose as a series of invitations. And I use the word imitation because I really believe that they are imitations from God, goddess, all that is, whatever your word for your higher power is. Mine is 
technically all three, depending on how I feel that day. And we can take these invitations and they're invitations to step up and do something to make the world better, to help another person, to benefit the collective, to heal the earth, basically to, to make things better. And so on a regular basis, we receive these little invitations and our sole mission is to accept as many of those invitations as we can notice. And so if we view our sole mission that way, it takes a lot of the pressure off of us because I find that clients who aren't real clear on what their sole mission is, there's a tremendous amount of pressure that they feel to solve this great mystery, to really figure out what it is and go do it. And it shouldn't feel that way. It shouldn't feel like pressure and stress and some big mystery that has to be solved. And if we're not doing it every moment of our life or if we're not achieving it, we're somehow failing the gods. That's a terrible way to feel about the purpose that we came here to do. If instead we can view it as sort of an intention, I know that my sole mission involves teaching. That can look lots of different ways, and it has through my life. I've taught in different ways. I've mentored engineers. I started out as an art education major, and I taught art in a private school, K through 12, for a year after college. Then I mentored engineers and taught them how to do things. Then I taught for free at a numerous pagan gatherings. And now I teach as an aspect of my business. I do workshops and programs and I teach. And I teach through this podcast. So teaching is part of my sole mission, but I've allowed it to be very open. I haven't set rigid expectations around how that teaching is going to unfold. And instead, I've allowed myself to open, to accept the imitations that come my way that align with that sole mission. But along the way, we also receive invitations that don't fit the exact parameters of what our maybe our intention of a soul mission is. Maybe it's an invitation to just help someone. Maybe it's an invitation to say a kind word. Maybe it's an invitation to be giving. There's lots of little invitations that we receive on a daily basis. And if we can be attuned to them and receive them and step up to them, we actually can begin to change the world in a very positive way. And I think really at the core, the, the mission of the work that I do is about changing the world for better, for the better. Now, we do that in many ways through answering our calling. We do that through building our spiritual businesses. LGBTQ people do that through being their most authentic person. Pagans and goddess spirituality people do it through their magic, through the communities they build, and through the way that they are service to their gods. So all of this is connected, but it all comes down to changing the world for the better. And that, I think, is at the core of every one of our soul missions. Our soul mission is to make the world better, period. Now, each of us is going to have a different way of doing that, and we're going to have a different experience of how we do that. But the bottom line is our sole mission is to make the world better. And you can do that daily in little ways. 
people get really twisted up on this. They think they have to answer a spiritual calling and it means they've got to give up their job. They've got to sell everything and they've got to go join a monastery or whatever. They really get wrapped up in this. And you can answer your calling at whatever level feels good to you right now, because all of it is ultimately going to achieve the overarching theme of all soul missions, which is to make the world a better place. Maybe you're not ready to start a spiritual business. Maybe you're not ready to do this work full time. And that's okay. Do it as a side hustle. Do it as something that you volunteer to do because you enjoy it. Whatever it is, it should feed and nourish your soul. It should excite you to do it and it should feel good. And if you're thinking about your spiritual calling and it's stressing you out and you're feeling pressure and you feel like you've got to go start a business and you don't know where to start and it's worrying you and all of that, then don't do it yet. Maybe you're just not ready for it. Maybe you don't even need to do it. Maybe there's ways that you can make the world better day by day by day while still doing your regular job, doing your thing. And you don't have to drop everything to suddenly go and answer your calling. It all comes down to how can we release our expectations about how our calling needs to unfold and how can we be open to the invitations that God, Goddess, and the all send to us day in and day out that when we respond to them, when we accept them, we make the world a better and brighter place. Because really, at the heart, that's what spirituality is about, is about making the world a better place. I hope that gives you something to think on. Let me know how that resonates with you. I'd love to hear it. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with spiritual life coach Julian Prossenhill. Help others discover this podcast by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Did this episode speak to you? Is there something you'd like to hear more about? Have a suggestion for a guest you'd like to hear? DM me on social media or use the contact page on my website to let me know. www.priestofanana.com That's Priest of Anana. I-N-A-N-N-A dot com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Priest of Inanna. And don't forget to check out the Soul Expansion Soundboard live every other Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 